Good afternoon, guys. Good morning. Good evening. This is Bernice, and the Holy Spirit is here too. <laughs> Welcome to Devoted with Bernice and God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. All of the Trinity is here. So I just want to start off with prayer. God, I just reverence you. I just thank you for the spirit of joy that is even in this room right now. I just thank you for your presence, God. You are indeed ancient of days. You are indeed Emmanuel, God with us. You are indeed Jehovah Gabor. You are indeed Jehovah Jireh. You are Emmanuel, God. You are the God of Genesis Revelation. You are the God of Abraham, Jacob. You are even the God of Ruth, God. You are the God of Israel. So God, we just thank you for your anointing. We thank you for being a father, just an amazing dad from Adam and Eve to even now. God, we just thank you for being consistent even when we are we are not consistent. God, thank you for being uh, a father to the fatherless. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a brother. Thank you, God, for just filling the empty places and empty spaces that we have been wanting to be filled. And you feel it, and you feel it so well. So we thank you for being the need, for meeting the need in our lives. Because you know how to meet it best. You know how to meet it well. You have been a mother to those that need a mother. You've been everything to us, God. And we just want to just pause and just say thank you for being everything to us. Even when we didn't know what we needed, you knew what we needed. The prophet said, God, you know. He said, can these bones live? And he said, God, you know the empty places in our lives couldn't leave, couldn't live. God, you knew and you filled it completely how we needed it to be filled. So I just pray even now for the woman and the man that is waiting for a spouse. God, the man that is waiting for a wife and the woman that is waiting for a husband. I just thank you for filling those empty spaces in your life even now. Because in that moment, God, just as in the garden, you filled the space of, of Eve, God, for Adam. It was just you and Adam. And you were, you were everything to him. But even in that, you knew that he needed a companion. And you made Eve. And you made Eve in your own might and your own wisdom just to fit with Adam. And when he saw her, he said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You did not make a mistake in making a man and a woman in the garden. And so I know that, Lord, the woman and the man that is listening right now, that is waiting for their companion, their bone of their bone, or even the, the one that will call them the bone of their bone. God, I just pray that in the time of the cool of the day, that they walk with you just as Adam walked with you and Adam conversed with you, that they will be one with you, that as you just spend time with them and them with you, you will know what they need, who they need, when they need it, God. You could have made Eve with Adam when you made Adam, but you waited for the opportune time, for the anointed time, for the rhema time, for the Kairos time to make Eve. And so I pray for the spirit of patience. Yes, the spirit of patience in the room that those that are waiting for their spouse, that it will come. Oh, it will be suddenly. It will be like a, 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 like in the upper room. They waited 
for for the holy spirit for the holy spirit it was a rushing wind it will be like a rushing wind the lord is saying that it will just overtake your whole life that you will you will you will finally know that it was worth the wait ah it was worth the wait the lord say you will know it's worth the wait when you finally meet that one that man of god as a wife when you finally meet that woman as a husband that the lord will join the two of you together man and wife and it will be worth the wait there will be laughter there will be joy there will be abundance of friendship and oneness in the bible god says that you know god is the only one that gives an understanding wife an understanding wife so i just pray for the women that we will be understanding wife right because it takes knowledge and wisdom and understanding to build a house and so god i just pray for my sisters that even including myself to god we will be understanding wives to our future husbands and i pray that the men will be hard working and there will be men whose heart is after you god men of valor in the name of jesus so i pray for your grace your your might your love your peace that's the past understanding and your anointing to even flow in this room right now as we learn about Jonah the journey of Jonah God let your presence rest in this place and let the Jonas turn back and go to Nineveh in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit I welcome you here la cura esta yama zore itare be cura base de itore iskarama dora askariataya Mire eko bakura atayan me de ora ikayana reita ibe kore iterebeze bakura ikayana de istore mazo God I thank you for your angels even now release them in this moment in this atmosphere in the name of Jesus I pray amen Um so this is a prophetic word the Lord the Lord wants me to um speak about concerning his church this is something that he wants to highlight Uh you know there are some churches that don't want nothing to do with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. There are some churches that they're okay, you know, with the Holy Spirit. Um it's like what I'm discerning in the spirit is like there are some churches that it's all about the Bible and that's it. They don't want to engage with the Holy Spirit. They don't want to have, you know, the power gift demonstrated the holy spirit gift they don't want to do prophecy and you know baptism in the holy spirit and all of those things they want to just stick to the bible and that's it but the bible talks about those things and then there are those that just focus on the you know the holy spirit and the power and the demonstration and that really dig into the word of god so there's this imbalance sometimes in churches and ministries that god want to really address um because the bible is jesus right the word became flesh and when he left he left what the holy spirit so we cannot have jesus without the holy spirit and we cannot have the holy spirit without jesus and jesus jesus christ and the holy spirit points to the lord right and so right now god is trying to address churches and ministries that don't want to invite the holy spirit it's more so experience instead of encounter they have a routine you have to do it this certain way it order is important god is a god of order 
But when order becomes control, it becomes witchcraft. When God cannot interrupt your order, then you are the God in the ministry. You are the God over the ministry, the church. So I want us to look at Acts 7 before we go into our word. Acts 7. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did you did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. And what the Lord was telling me is that, you know, when Jesus came, there were Pharisees and Sadducees. Nicodemus could have even been a disciple if he wanted to, if he wasn't fearful of man. When Jesus came, the disciples were following him. But then there were the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were questioning him and who are you and where you come from and all of that. They were, very, they were being Pharisaic toward Jesus. Now I see that there are some churches and ministries that are being very sick toward the Holy Spirit. It's like they're like questioning if the Holy Spirit should come in the room or should be in the services. How can how long is too long at church? How 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 how, how can we not basically let the Holy Spirit take over? To the point where some of them don't even believe that having the Holy Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit in church is something that we should do. I spent so many of my years in ministry, in Baptist church, not knowing about the gift of the Holy Spirit, not knowing about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. All they talked about was repentance, repentance. Great, but where is the call of my life? What is the call of my life? What is, what is the Holy Spirit telling me personally? God is looking for a ministry and a church that would teach the people, not just about the word, which is important, but to depend on the Holy Spirit, to hear the Holy Spirit, to be fed with the word, to have the Holy Spirit bring back the remembrance of the word of God, to walk in the gift of the Holy Spirit, to walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, to be disciples, to walk in your call, whether you are a pastor, a deacon, a prophet, an elder, administrator, a teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, an apostle, a disciple. Whatever you called, you're walking in it. Because you're called to go out and make disciples. I remember that the word of God is not just the word, it's rhema. Is demonstrated. Jesus came to demonstrate. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they just came to speak it. There was no demonstration because he, he moved in power that they've never seen before. He cast demons out. He prophesied to the woman at the well. He laid hands and healed the sick. And he preached. 
many ministries and churches, they just want to preach and not do the other ones. But God said, Jesus said, you do far more greater than these. They're missing out. So that's the word of the Lord right now in this season that don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Because if we did not need the Holy Spirit in the churches, Jesus would not have left the Holy Spirit with us. He would have left man with man, but he left the Holy Spirit.
as I finished the prayer, I heard the Lord say, pray more, worry less. Pray more, worry less. Whenever you feel like you're feel like you worrying, pause and stop praying in tongues or just stop praying. You can just pray the scripture. Psalms, you, know, you can pray Psalms 23. Okay, that's easy to pray. Okay, so I just want to, I don't know who's, who's worried right now. Let's just take a pause and just pray Psalms 23 together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He making me to lie down. Come on, pray with me. He making me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake, Yero, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. Yeah, I'll fear no evil for you are with me, Lord. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days, all the days, even now, all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Okay, it's good to pray the scriptures. Whenever you don't have words to say, whenever you feel like worrying, I want you to pray because what faith comes by what hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you got to speak the word of God out of your mouth. And if you don't know what to say, you can pray in tongues as well. The Holy Spirit knows how to help you pray. Many times people will be like, my God, Bernice, how do you pray for so long? Like you, you, it's like you are like a, you know, one of those, um, robots like you know you, you you just get turned on and you just keep going and you just keep praying you just keep it's like the words just keep coming it's not me that's praying it's the holy spirit that's praying when the holy spirit is done i'm done when the holy spirit is still talking i'm talking okay so whenever you f- you feel yourself worrying catch yourself and pause and say okay it's time to pray now all right so i don't know who needed to hear that i just wanted to encourage you to pray Pray, pray without season. The Lord says, pray without season. Like, like the woman who came to to keep knocking on 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 her neighbor's uh, door. She kept she kept knocking, and finally, finally, the neighbor was like, "Okay, here you go." Okay, that's a parable from the Word of God. That's how prayer is. You keep knocking, and the door will be open. Amen. All right. So today, we're gonna be learning about Jonah, literally. The, the Lord had me read Jonah every day for this week. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to read? He's like, Jonah. I'm like, again? He's like, yeah, again. <laughs> so it was like me and the Lord. I'm like, am I Jonah? He's like, no, I want you to just read Jonah. Let, just read it. So as I kept reading Jonah, you know, God was talking to me about Jonah. And I believe that there are people in the kingdom of God who are behaving like Jonah right now. And so he wanted me to preach it. So, you know, I read about Jonah and the first part, it's just so funny to me that, you know, he's running away from the Lord. He's trying to hide from the Lord because it's a losing game. You can't hide from the one that made the universe, right? It's like trying to hide. It's like trying to hide from somebody's house. Like you're in somebody's house and you're trying to hide from the person. Like they know the house inside, inside, of, inside and out. So if wherever you go, they, they will go there eventually. They'll go to the kitchen eventually. They'll go to the bedroom eventually. Like they know how the house is because they've lived there. They've created a home there. They know. They've 
they, they've built how it's supposed to be in the rooms. So if something even moves, they know something moved, like something is out of position. That's like Jonah in somebody's house trying to hide. Like, how, how are you going to hide? They're going to find you, right? So th- the Lord kept telling me, read Jonah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. How many times do you want me to read Jonah? Every time I read it, I got so much, so much revelation, you know, and I got so much, like, so much from it. I've read, I've read Jonah before, and I have been a Jonah in the past. Uh, there have been times where God has told me to do something, and I think many of us have been Jonahs. You know, if God tells you to, to say something, and you're like, you're looking at the people's faces, and God is like, don't look at the people's faces, okay? Tell them what I said, especially many prophets thought of as Jonah in a way, because when God tells you to say something, you don't want to say it because you're fearful, you, you're hesitant, you know, you, you're being a Jonah. Uh, and so God is trying to get people to return to Nineveh because many of them have been going to Tashas, and that's not where God called you, so... Let the Lord speak, God. I just pray for revelation in the room as your word go forth. So now, uh, Jonah 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come before me. Pause. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The word came to the prophet. The prophet did not go looking for the word. He was just there. And God used him to speak the word of the Lord. He gave him an assignment. He gave him an assignment. Jonah is the story of a prophet driven by God to proclaim salvation and mercy even to Israel's enemies. See, Jonah was sent to the enemy, to his enemies. Jonah was sent to the people who were against his people. And he didn't want to go. And I believe many of you are in this predicament where you're sent to your enemy to tell your enemy to repent. Not to, you know, clap back to your enemy. But you're, you're sent to, to, to help your enemy come out of sin so that they can be blessed. Many people would not want to see their enemies come out of sin. Many people would want to see their enemies go the wrong way so that God will get them. Right? In your head, you're like, yep, God, get them, get them. But God is sending some of you to your enemies, to the places that wounded you, to the, to the leaders that wounded you, to the, to the ministries that corrupted you to the churches that perverted you or, or caused you to not even want to know anything about God because they're because of their false doctrine. God is sending many of you to Nineveh in this moment to go and rescue Nineveh, to give them the word of the Lord. He's sending you to the nations to go and rescue the masses. So here we see Jonah there and God come to Jonah and give him the word of the Lord. He says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. God did not call Nineveh a you know, corrupt city or a horrible city or you know, a um, despicable city or 
a, a tiny city. In the eyes of God, even though that city was very wicked, he still honored that city. He still called it how he see it and even how he's, he, he wants to see it in the future. That's the thing about God is that, you know, being a prophet, you have to see, you have, you have to have an eyes of Christ, an eyes of God. You see the good, even though there's horrible there. You see a prophet, even though that prophet is, you know, a um, a drug dealer. You know, you call that prophet a drug, you know, a prophet, not a drug dealer, right? You see a city that is consumed with debauchery and witchcraft, but you, you call it an apostolic city, a city where the light of Jesus shines, right? That's how God sees his people and said, cry out. He said, and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. He gave them, he gave Jonah two, two directions, actually three. Arise is one, get up basically, go to this place. And I'm telling you that this place is a great place. And then cry out against it. Arise, go, and cry out. Some of you, you arise, but you don't go. There are three people that God want to talk to in this uh, message, okay? There are those that have arise. Those that, actually four people, those that have heard the Lord tell them, but they're not arising. And then those that have heard the Lord tell them, and they have arised. But that's, that's all they've done. And there are those that they have heard the Lord say the word. And they have arised. And they have gone to Nineveh. But they have not cried out. And there are those that have done all. Literally have arised. They've gone to Nineveh. And they have cried out against, against it. And you find yourself sitting there waiting to see the judgment of the Lord. But instead, what does God do? He has mercy on the land. He has mercy on the land. So, which one do you find yourself today? As we go through the passage, I want you to really help, uh, let the Holy Spirit help you identify which one you are. Three, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. This prophet, he did arise. He arose. He did. He, he, he obeyed the first commandment, arise. And he did go, but he didn't go to the right place. He flee. He flee to the other place that God didn't tell him to go. He flee from the presence of God. Because the assignment he didn't want to do. Have you ever gotten an assignment from the Lord? And you're like, this is beyond me. <laughs> like, you want me to go to where? You want me to go to who? I remember the Lord first ever telling me to go to a mega church pastor. To go and confront the pastor about something that the pastor was doing or wasn't doing. 
to shift the pastor into the next. And I was like, you want me to do what? I still remember because I was in my car. And he told me, take a pen and paper and start writing what I want you to go tell them. And I'm like, you want me? And he's like, I'm not talking until you take a pen and paper. I took the pen and paper and I started to write everything he told me. And after God was done, the pen stopped. The ink in the pen stopped. Literally, it stopped. Like, there was ink in there, but I couldn't write anymore because the ink wouldn't come out. That was the Lord telling me, I'm done talking about what I want you to say to the pastor. I took the pen off of the paper that God told me to write the stuff on, and I wrote, I tried to, you know, smirch it on another, another, um, another paper. And it worked on the other paper, but on the paper that he told me to write what he wanted me to write to the person, it stopped working because he was done talking. I was, I was shaking my boots. Like, I didn't want to go. That was, I didn't want to go to the pastor. He's a mega church pastor. God was like, so what? He could be the president. I don't care. I want you to go talk to this person. See, the Lord will use the foolish things to confine the wise. Because in my eyes, I'm like, I'm a new prophet. Like, I don't even, I wasn't even ordained yet. You want me to go and talk to the mega church pastor, the one that, oh, like, is, like, the leader of this whole huge church? Was I Jonah? Yeah, I was, like, Jonah, I didn't want to go. I had the paper in my pocket, in my purse. I kept going to the church, and, you know, I, I, I could have gone up there. I saw him standing up there. I could have gone and given him the paper. But I kept going back home with the paper. And the Lord was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do. He's like, you have a, a rise. But you're not, you're not going. You're fleeing from the person. The more I kept walking away from the pastor, it's like there was like a big dense, like I kept feeling this big distance, like growing every single Sunday. Did I finally give it to the pastor? I'll tell you at the end if I did. Then what did Jonah do? He went to Tarshish. To flee from the presence of God. Like he made up his mind to leave the presence of God. Majority of the time, God's presence leaves people. Not the other way around. Right? We know that when the presence of the Holy Spirit left, the presence of, the presence of God left Samson. He didn't even know it. Right? Majority of the time, God leaves the presence of the Lord, leaves people. Not the other way around. But this, this prophet was like, I am determined. Like this prophet, this prophet was like, he was determined to flee. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship over there. And he paid a fare. He literally spent money. That's the thing. That's the thing. Okay, when you flee from the presence of God, you're going to waste money. You're going to feel it. When I say feel it, you're going to lose something. Okay, you're going to lose something. He paid with money. Some of you, 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 you live in the presence of God. You didn't pay with money. You paid with your purity. My God. You paid with your sanity. You paid with your peace of mind. You paid with your heart. You paid with your gift and your calling and your anointing. You paid with something. When you hang out with the wrong crowd, when you went to the wrong ministry, when you went to the wrong place, when you try to flee from the presence of the Lord, you paid with something. Some of you, 
the payment is still on you. You still have gonorrhea. You still have STD. You still have HIV. You still cannot discern. You still can't walk in the anointing. You can't even pray for, for an hour. You used to know how to pray for five hours. But now because you, you left the presence of God and went after strange doctrines and strange things, you can't even discern what is the Holy Spirit and what is not. Some of you, you, you lost your, 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 your family, your children, and your husband. Or maybe if you're a man, you lost your wife and your kids. You paid with something. That's the price of trying to leave the presence of God. You will spend something in the realm of the spirit or in the natural. Whenever you merge yourself with the wrong people, you know, wrong People corrupt your good judgment. Wrong company corrupt your good judgment. Your, your good judgment. You know, in the beginning, you will not know. You will not feel it because it's happening in the realm of the spirit. They're feeding you some way. They're, 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 they're dismantling your anointing some way. Then over time, all of a sudden, you feel a distance between you and God. You feel the waves coming. You feel things just calamity after calamity. Because you left the presence of God. They that dwell under the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the presence of the Lord. And he will be what? A refuge to you. When you abide under the presence of God, nobody, nothing can touch you. It's like Job. God had a hedge of protection under over Job. The enemy cannot touch Job because of the hedge. But this Jonah is like, I'm leaving the hedge. This Jonah determined to leave the hedge of protection that God had him under. And he went and, and paid for a fare. To, and he went down into the ship to go to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. That was his disobedience. I want to ask you, what are you running from? Who are you running from? Where are you going? Is that where God is calling you to go? What have you spent? Some of you, it's your time. You've, you've wasted your time. But you know, I want to reassure you, in the kingdom of God, every time is not wasted. God is going to use it some way, somehow. In some way, in some method. Though, though your season might have been elongated because of where, what you did. God, is no, God knows how to use that time that you wasted for his glory. So, how are you, Jonah, in this moment? What are you fleeing from? What has God told you to do that you're just running away from? Are you running because of fear? Are you running because of discouragement? Are you running because there's an assignment that you don't want because you don't want to see your enemies prosper? Are you running because do you, you see yourself in them? You can identify with them. And it's, it's as though you're running from yourself when you're running from them and from God. What are you running from? I want you to ask yourself that. And I pray, Holy Spirit, show it to them what you're running from.
Is it good or is it bad? We ought to flee, right, from, from sexual sins. It says in the Bible, Joseph did. He, he, he ran away from Potiphar's wife. That, that's a good runaway, okay? You, you, you have to run from, from lust and perversion, okay? You got to run. When you sense it, discern it, get away from there. But then there are times where God will instruct you to do something. And because of the task, you might think it's too big for you to do. Some of you, God has called you to the nations. Some of you, God has called you to build foundations, buildings, companies, and you think it's so big. It's like Joshua and the spies. Like they, they you know, he sent the spies and they, they're like, oh my gosh, you're like, you know, giants and we are like grasshoppers. You're looking with your natural eyes. Whenever you look with your natural eyes, you will always flee from the Lord. Four. The storm at sea. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea. So that the ship was about to be broken up. The Lord knew where, where Jonah was. He was not. He already knew what Jonah was going to do. I think God was probably sitting up on his throne. On his throne like just laughing. There are times even in my own life where I know God is laughing at a certain situation that is happening. I know he's laughing. I just know it. You know, especially when he tells me something and I'm like, God, I want you to confirm it. And then he uses such a, 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 if God is funny. The, the Bible says that what? He sits. Who, who, he, the, the Bible says that he who sits in, in heaven laughs, right? He who sits in heaven laughs. God is hilarious. There are times where God will, will send a confirmation to me through the most, hilarious way and I'm like wow you I know you're laughing right now I know you're looking at the whole situation and you're just laughing at it not that he's laughing at me he's just laughing at the how everything just turned out and how I'm coming to the realization that he's right and I'm wrong and I'm coming to the realization that I need to do what God is telling me to do so there are times where God is laughing and I believe this is one of the times where God is like, I'm going to send a wind to where he is at to let him know I am the God that created the wind, the sea, the Tarshish that he's trying to go to. And what did he do? Five. Then the mariners were afraid. And every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea. To lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of parts of the ship. Had lain down and was fast asleep. Everybody is on here like going crazy. This man is like, he, he, he's sleeping. Sometimes that's what you do. When you find yourself sleeping a lot. It might mean that you are not on your path to your destiny or to your call. Or you're not obeying God. Sometimes when you're sleeping too much, you're, you're on the wrong pathway. There's time to rest, yeah. But not when you are in a place where nobody want to fast asleep on a ship and things go increase. Like there's a wind happening on the ship. You should be aware. You, you, you're probably feeling it. But no, Jonah is over here dozed off in his realm sleep. Gone. Deep sleep. 
So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Like, the captain was like, how are you even sleeping in this storm? Because he's in disobedience. When you're disobedient, when things are going crazy around you, you don't discern it because you're not in the presence of God. So you don't even know if he was in the presence of God. I mean, think about it this way. If he was going to Nineveh, okay, on a ship, God would have told him, he would have been able to discern that there was going to be a storm that was going to come. So he would have stayed up and prayed away that storm. But because he knows he's in, the, he's in disobedience, whatever came, whatever came, he was like, whatever, I'm just going to sleep. And let this whole time pass. Because he knew. I believe, that he, I believe that he knew that if he woke up and, 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 and was awake, God would talk to him. God will, God will minister to him while he's awake. So he, he, forced him, he probably forced himself to sleep. So he, he wouldn't have to hear God talking to him about his disobedience. It says, what? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So that was a way that they they normally would do something like that to figure out, you know, what's going on. Because they were all praying to their gods, their, their deities and whatnot. And the one that can really pray to the God of gods, the king of kings was sleeping. Because what he left, he left his presence, and that sometimes that's what happens when when you leave God's presence, you will go into some storms that you did not see coming, and the storm will not just come in against you, but against the people around you. I don't know, you know. For me here, I'm like they cast a lot, and I'm like Jonah. You know the lot is gonna be is gonna come on you. You know you are the problem. You know, when you are with certain friends and we all know who that, what, that one friend that is the problem in the friendship, like whenever we try to plan a vacation, for some reason that friend, friend can never make it or that friend just makes the whole vacation just go sideways or, or whatever we, we try to do, you know, some, some, you know, ministry thing, that friend is like the one that has the issue and it just all goes down south. You know you are the issue. Like we know, Jonah, you are the issue. Jonah knows Jonah is the issue. But Jonah don't want to face Jonah. And I believe today God wants you to face yourself if you're a Jonah. To come to the realization. To really look yourself in the mirror. I mean, Jonah could have said, you know what? Y'all don't have to cast no, no lots. It's me. I'm the problem. Right? Some of you, God, God wants you to say it out loud. I'm the problem. Oh, my God. God wants you to say in your, in your marriage, you are the problem, not your husband. Or if you're a man, you are the problem, not your wife or your kids. Okay? If you're a leader of a church or a ministry, God wants you to say out, out loud, I am the problem. Fix me, God. Fix me. But Jonah didn't. Jonah was like, okay, y'all can cast lot. Let's see what happened. Jonah knew for a fact. He's a prophet. He knew for a fact this, this law is going to come up on him. He just stood there and, and let him do it. Then they said to him, please tell us, for, who, for, for whose cause is this, is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? 
They had questions. They were like, wait a minute. You are sleeping one, two. The cast, the lot has been falling on you. We have questions to ask you. Where are you from? Where are you going? What, what do you do? What's your country? Who's your people? We have questions for you. Because you, you brought this problem. You are the problem. We, we want to know where you came from. So he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. I love this part. Even in his disobedience, he still obeyed to who he was. He still agreed to being a Hebrew. He still agreed, he still agreed to fearing God. You know, there are levels in fearing God. And I believe he was in level two. <laughs> he came from level 10 to level two. Even though he... He knew he was a, 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 level, a level two of fearing God. He still said, I fear God. There was still some, some, some reverence in him of God. There was still some, some, um, some humility, some, some uh, connection with him and God. He still honored the, the name of the Lord. He still showed reverence to God. By saying, I fear God. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. The one who made, you know, um, who made the, the sea and, and the dry land. He still honored God. Even in his disobedience, he was still saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Hebrew. And I fear God. And, you know, the God that made heaven and, and, and you know, earth and the one that made the sea and the dry land. That's who I worship. You know, just because somebody tells you they fear God or they're a Christian and they believe in God, the one who made the universe, doesn't mean that they're on the right pathway. They could be, like Jonah, in the wrong pathway. The fruit, you, you, you don't look at people based on their their tree but the fruit would testify for itself right his fruit was not good he was over here disobeying but in, with his mouth he was saying yeah i'm a hebrew i fear god i believe in the lord the god of heaven who made the sea and the dry land but i'm disobeying him right Are you in this area? Are you in this position where you're saying, yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I fear God. Yes, I believe the God, the God of heaven, the one who made the sea and dry land. But you don't want to obey what he tells you to do. You don't want to stop shacking up with your boyfriend. You don't want to stop you know, watching pornography. You don't want to stop masturbating you don't want to stop um going the wrong direction you, you, you don't want to stop going to the club you don't want to stop lusting enough after somebody's husband you don't want to stop what you're doing you know you're supposed to speak up it's like eli what god is showing me right now it's like eli eli you know eli could fit in this right here eli was a christian Right? Fear God. 
not completely because he couldn't stand up to his children and tell them, hey, you, you're wrong. You're wrong in what you're doing. He believed in God who made the heaven and, and the sea and the dry land. But he was blind. Why? Because of disobedience. Disobedience will blind you. Disobedience will cause you to be amongst a people and have the lot fall on you. What did they do? Then Jonah, Jonah thrown into the sea. This passage, I don't understand. I don't understand why he didn't just throw himself off the sea. He could have just said, you know what, let me just jump off. He could have just jumped off. I don't know why he had to let them put him out. <laughs> I don't know why. But let's see. 10. Then, then, then the men were exceedingly afraid. Why were they fearful? Because they realized that this is a man of God in front of them. You see, they realized that this is, this is the light that has come to the darkness. Because they were in the darkness. Why? Because they worshiped gods. They were praying to their gods. Light always exposes darkness. And said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that, the, that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So Jonah finally fessed up. Sometimes you come to yourself when you tell people what you've done. Sometimes how God allows you to come to yourself is... But you confessing your sins one to another. Because the Bible says what? Confess your sins one to another, right? And pray for each other so that you may, you may be what? Healed. The first time Jonah finally opened up about his disobedience was what he tell, told the people. That were also in disobedience because they were worshiping idols. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may become for us? For the sea was growing more temptuous. So the more he stayed there, the more calamity was coming upon them and the people. The people asked them, asked him, hey, what, what can we do to you so that this whole wave can just stop? And he said to them, pick me up <laughs> and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. I don't understand why. Jonah couldn't just pick himself up and throw himself out until the Lord told me this is a prophetic act. This is a prophetic act. Even the people were doing something prophetic. They were throwing the cargoes off, off. They were literally purging the ship. They were purging their lives. This is a prophetic act because we see that after they threw him off, they also threw away their idols. They had to throw away their disobedience. They had to throw away their disobedience in a prophetic act. This was a prophetic act. Jonah could have thrown himself out. And this is, this is also a prophetic act of what, what was going to come in Nineveh. Because Nineveh had to also throw away their disobedience. So they threw away, they threw Jonah out. So let's see what happens. Ne nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to, to land, but they could not. For the sea continued continue to grow more tempters against them. 
this was still the man. They're like, you know what? Jonah's telling you, this is what you got to do for you to get peace on this boat, on this ship. But the men with their own disobedient heart, because they were worshiping idols, wanted to salvage Jonah. And many of you are around people who are like that. They want to have you around. They want to salvage you. They want you to continue to be in your in your evil ways. They want you to continue to be disobedient and help you get to your destination where you want to go. When you told them that's not where God is telling you to go. They kept rowing even harder with their might, with your strength. But they're going to see it's not by might, it's not by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. They finally acknowledged God, the God of Jonah. They finally spoke to him. Imagine this. Jonah thought, oh, he's going to flee. But God used Jonah's journey to, to Tarshish to evangelize to the people that needed God. So like I said in my prayer, sometimes your journey in the wrong direction can be used to save other people. Can be used to bless other people. Can be used to, to bring salvation to a people. We see with Saul. Saul was killing a lot of the Christians. And the people who were not Christians were seeing it happen. When Saul transformed to Paul. The same people that were seeing him kill Christians. Saw the manifestation of God on, on Paul. And I believe some of them changed their heart because they saw the transformation happen. His witnesses became his congregation. Sometimes your, the people that you go toward or walk along with that are not where God is calling you to go can be the same people that God will use to change them. So they finally acknowledged God and prayed to God. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. They finally obeyed what Jonah said. Some of you prophets have told you what to do. You don't want to obey it. You want to go your own way. But finally you realize, okay, it's not by might. It's not by power. Let me just obey the prophet. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. The moment they obeyed the word of the Lord, the moment they obeyed the prophet's word, what they, need, what they needed happened. What does the Bible say? Obey the prophet and you will prosper. Listen to the prophet and you will prosper, right? Then the men feared the Lord accidentally and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. The fear of the Lord came upon that place. Why? Because they saw the demonstration of the power of the Lord through Jonah. Jonah feared God, but his fear was not as big as he needed to be. 
for him to go to Nineveh. But God used the little fear that he had of him, even the little reverence that he gave to God to minister to the people, to have the people turn to God and know that God is indeed the one who sits high and looks low. So they threw Jonah into the ocean. This was a prophetic act of throwing away disobedience. Because Jonah was a walking disobedience, right? He was a walking disobedience. And when they threw that away, they had a fear of God in your heart. Because they saw the Lord step in and answer their request, which was what? Calmness on your ship. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. So sometimes you might think, oh, your little detours that you came up with, God cannot use it. But he can. I mean, think about it. The places that you went that God told you not to go. Now you have friends from those places that now see you as the apostle that you are or the prophet that you are. They're like, whoa, I used to, you know, somebody, somebody's, you know, listen right now, you used to smoke weed with that person, right? Now you don't smoke weed no, no more. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says what? Do not be drunk with wine in Proverbs, but, but be filled with the Spirit, right? You are, you know, even casting demons of addiction out of people. And people watching you that used to smoke with you are watching you like, oh my goodness. You know, they, they're watching you and they're saying they used to smoke with you. They used to do this with you. They used to do that. Right? Even, you know, as a woman of God, somebody listening right now, you used to fornicate with all these men. But now you, you're not the adulterous woman anymore. You are an evangelist or you are, you know, a, a pastor of a church. These men are like, oh, they used to do this with you. But now look at you being used by God to, to, to help men come out of, you know, lust and perversion and come out of all these things. Don't ever think that the places that you went, the things that you did, God cannot use it. He knows how to use those dark days of your life to bless not just you, but other people. There are people always watching always watching and these people are, were watching Jonah and they threw him into the sea so I want to ask you what do you need to throw away it could be physical it could be emotional it could be spiritual something there is something you need to throw away you could be you you, you might not be Jonah the person listening right now you might not be Jonah you might be the mariners on the ship with Jonah, you might know somebody who's a Jonah in your life, in your ministry, in your business, in your family, in your household, in your church. And you need to throw away some Jonas. You need to do a prophetic act. Some of you, you have been trying to keep this Jonas with you rowing the boat even harder. You heard the Jonah told you how you're going to get calmness is if you throw me out. 
but you don't want to throw that out. Some of you, your Jonah is not a person. Your Jonah is a principle in your ministry. Your Jonah is a lifestyle in your ministry, in your business, in your church that you know it's against the, the Lord's will. It's against the Lord's plan. It's against the biblical principles of God. It's against the purity that you are, you're supposed to have in your ministry. It's certain things that you're, you're turning your eye against or you're turning your eye from. You know the fornication that's happening in your ministry. You know the perversion that's happening in your ministry. You know the things that are, you're doing. You don't want to address it. The lot has been cast and, it, and Jonah has been found out. Your Jonah has been brought into your face today. I know the Holy Spirit is talking to some of you. And you need to confront it and throw it out. You've been rowing the boat with the Jonah. The Jonah have told you it is the issue. You know it is the issue. You know the finances in the ministry, in the church, in the business is not allocated right you know you're not doing it legally. You know Michael and Sam in your ministry are sleeping together. You know Susie is cheating on her, her husband. You know. You know it. You got to pick it up. Like it says in Jonah 1, 15, and throw it into the sea. So, Heavenly Father, I just ask you to deliver the Jonas from the ship. Deliver those marinas with the Jonas from Jonas. I pray that they will come to themselves. They will have a conversation with the Jonas. The Jonas and the marinas will have conversations together. If the conversation is with themselves, let it be with themselves. If the conversation is with other people, if the conversation is with you, Holy Spirit, let it be. I pray you, you uncover the Jonah in their lives. You uncover the Jonah to their Jonah. And you uncover the Jonah to the mariners, God. That there will be calmness again in the ship. So Holy Spirit, minister to them as we go into worship. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
enemy has come trying to chase me out of your presence. But your word tells me that you have enlarged my footsteps, that my feet may not slip. And because of that, I know that according to Psalms 23, I can speak back to the enemy and say, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup running over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. So I played Captain by Hillsong, and I also played Psalms 23 by Juanita Bynum. I hope that you were blessed today by Jonah 1. I'm going to continue Jonah 2 later on, but I want you to reread Jonah 1. I really ask the Lord to reveal some things to you, revelation that you need, insight, foresight into your own life, the method that He want to lay out in front of you, because God is really speaking about the Jonas in this moment. Um, and he, I don't want you to go into your next season with a Jonah mentality. If you need to rededicate your life to God, rededicate your life to God. If you need to repent and say yes again, say yes again. Be a disciple again. Be a child of God again. Be a pastor again. Be an apostle again. Be a minister again. Be a prophet again. Be an elder, a deacon, a priest, um, a pastor, a teacher, evangelist a prophet, a disciple of God. If you need to rededicate your life back to the Lord, tell him again that I rededicated it back to you. And if you don't know Christ, I want to extend salvation to you. So I want you to just say after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. I repent of all my sins, every one of them from the day I was born to now. Those that I know about, those that I don't know about, I repent. I ask you, I confess it, and I ask you to forgive me for every sinful thing I've done against you, your word, your people. And I pray 
that you will forgive me. I receive your forgiveness, Lord. I lift up my hands and I surrender to you. And I say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Lord, come into my heart. And I'll make you my Lord and Savior from this day going forward. I am no longer mine. I don't belong to myself. I belong to you, Lord. Use me how you please. I am an instrument in your hand. Use me as your vessel. Fill me with your Holy Spirit completely. Help me to walk this life of being a Christian, of being a disciple of God. All the days of my life, as I move forward and go where you're calling me to go, with you, Lord, I receive you today. You are the Lord of my life. I believe that Jesus is coming back. And I thank you for making me yours, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, so if you pray the salvation prayer, welcome to the kingdom of God. Being a disciple, being a child of God, you have been adopted. You have been called as a daughter, as a son of God. Welcome, find you a nice church to go to, visit the church. And if you feel led, you feel like this is the place for you, go ahead and join the church. Get you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can download the Bible app from your phone and start reading the Word of God. Get you some worship music on YouTube, Pandora, some gospel music, and get around fellow Christians and dwell in the community with the Lord. And every day, pray to God, just as you talk to me, just as I'm talking, pray to God. Prayer is a dialogue. God is always listening and he's always talking. So have a time of prayer with God and listen to what he has to say to you. Okay? So, when I said... In the beginning, that God sent me to a mega church pastor and how to give him the word of the Lord. Did I give him the word of the Lord? Yes, I did. It took some weeks for me to do that. It took some days. I have to admit, I was a Jonah. But eventually, I obeyed and I went up to him. It was actually his, um, his pastoral anniversary and the Lord told me to put some money in the card that I got him and then put the letter from the Lord to him in there I went up to him after his anniversary I said Lord if he's still standing there afterwards I'll go up to him and give it to him and lo and behold this pastor was still standing there. I went up to him. I congratulated him on his anniversary, and I gave it to him. I turned around, and I left. I felt this, this shift happen. I felt this weight just lifted off of me. I felt so much calmness and so much peace. I, could, I, I slept good that night. <laughs> I slept good that night. I obeyed. I obeyed, and God was patient with me because that was the first time he ever sent me to a great 
city and a great leader to go and confront the city of Nineveh. My first city of Nineveh to go and confront that city. So, you might be the one that needs to confront the city of Nineveh. Ask God, where is your Nineveh? Because he has a Nineveh for you. Every leader that I, God align me with, there is something that is wrong in that leader's ministry or that leader's life. I don't go and, you know, start saying it. But eventually God will show it to me and I'll pray about it. But if the leader doesn't, you know, listen, the Lord will have me confront the leader. And one of, one of the things that recently God had me to confront, I didn't tell the leader. The Lord was telling me, I need you, I need you to go tell the leader this. They're behaving like, like an Eli. Um, I left the ministry without telling the leader that, you know, she is behaving like an Eli. But um, I knew that God is going to use some way to talk to, to her. So I want you to not be a Jonah. I want you to be a Jonah that goes to, to Nineveh, not a Jonah that goes to Tarshish, because there are a multitude of people in Nineveh that need to be rescued. So, yes, I obeyed, and I'm still obeying every day. Sometimes I find myself delaying disobedience because, you know, delayed obedience is still disobedience, right? So, um, Lord, I just pray right now, anyone that has found themselves as a Jonah, you've given them the word of the Lord, you've given them the assignment, and they don't want to go. For whatever reason, you know, you know their heart, you know them more than I do. I just pray that they will come to themselves. Let them meet their mariners, let them meet the ship that they need to meet. Let them meet you, God on your way to the wrong place so they can turn around and go to the right place. I pray for that. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Ah, I can feel the conviction in the room already. <laughs> um, so next time we're going to meet, we're going to talk about Jonah's prayer and deliverance because sometimes the assignment will come before you get your deliverance. Uh, God sometimes will give you the assignment and on the way you will get delivered and you will be able to then step into the assignment fully so that you can accomplish it because he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And this is a beautiful example of God qualifying you for the position and for the assignment because in all honesty, Jonah was not qualified to go to Nineveh because his heart was not right. But over the time being, his heart became right. So I want you to read Jonah 1 and Jonah 2. Because when we do meet, we're going to look at Jonah 2. Thank you so much for tuning into Devoted with Bernice today. I hope that you were uh, convicted, you were challenged, and you felt some encouragement as well. Have a blessed day. And remember, Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit is your friend and God is always your father. He's watching over you. Share this with anybody that think that might be in a Jonah season. I know some of you probably know some Jonas right now that you can send this to. <laughs> 
So uh, share with some people, share it with whoever you feel like to share it with. And uh, continue to just be the watchman, the watchwoman that God has called you to be. And continue to obey God even when it's too big for you to obey. He will give you the grace to obey it. Bless you all. Thank you. One last thing. Some of you, your Jonah is you not doing what God is calling you to do. You know, you're not publishing that book or releasing that song. Uh, you're not moving to that new location, that new place. You're not disconnecting from certain people, certain places. Um, you're not, you know, letting that request from the Lord go. You're not disconnecting from the person that you're dating because you know they're not the one for you. You're just tolerating it. Your Jonah is right in front of your face. Your Jonah is what God is telling you to do that you're not doing. The business that you're not opening, the ministry that you're not doing, the past that you can't let go, the hurt that you can't let go, the divorce that wounded you that you can't just move on. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. So I want you to take a moment with just worship song to just tell the Lord, this is your letting go season. This is your letting go moment to let it go. To let it go. You got to let it go. I don't know who this is for. You have to let it go. It's eating you up. You have to let it go. Forgiveness. Yeah, forgiveness is from the heart. It's not from the mind. It's not just an act. You got to do it. It's a prophetic act. You have to do it from your heart. You got to let it go. Come on, let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go. Cry it out. You got to let it go. What they said about you, what it did to you, what it didn't do to you, they didn't invite you, what, what it didn't say about you. You gotta let it go. Let it go. When they pass you by, they didn't choose you. They cheated on you. You gotta let it go. That's your Jonah. Because of that, you are disobeying God. Because of that heart, that pain, you can't see right. Because of that heart, that pain, you're not going the right direction. You're going the wrong direction. Do you know that pain can cause people to start a ministry and a business and a, and a, and a, a church because they got hurt or they got pained? They got wounded by some person. You don't ever want to start a ministry or a business or anything from pain because you attract the wrong people. You attract, though, though, though it could be flourishing, there could be perversion in there. There could be false doctrines. That you just accept anybody and everybody into leadership. You just ordain everybody and any, anybody. Pain not dealt with can cause you to move in your might and in your own power. You gotta let it go. This is a a season of transformation for somebody.
God is trying to shift you into your greater call. But he can't if you can't let it go. You gotta confront it. What that leader said, what that leader didn't say, you gotta confront it. The ultimate leader in your life is God. He has the final say. You gotta let it go. Some of you, your comfortability is your Jonah. You're too comfortable. You know your time is up in that place. You know you're not getting fed anymore in that place. You know God is shifting you to a better place where you can be fed, where you can literally get all that you, want, you need. But you're still staying there because you have friends. You've known people for years. Get out of your country, Abraham. Get out of the familiarity, Abraham. God have nations for you. Get out, Ruth. You're not a Moabite woman anymore. You're going to be a Bethlehemite. You're going to meet your, your, your Boaz. You're going to the place with bread. You're going to a place where God is going to be your father. Get out of the idol worshiping place. Gideon, come out of there. Destroy the God, the idols in your family. You need 300 men. You don't need thousands of men to win this battle. Moses, you don't stutter. The anointing will help you speak. But if you can't speak, God will take an Aaron and a Mariam with you. But you still have to go to Pharaoh. Yes, I know he's great. He's a mighty man. But God is mightier. Go and speak to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let the people of God go. Which one do you find yourself in? God is talking to somebody right now. You gotta let it go and move forward and do what God is calling you to do. Do not look at their faces. Do not. Do what God tells you to do. Say what God tells you to say. Go where God tells you to go. Because you don't wanna meet the Savior of the universe, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of Gods. And him, him tell you, I never knew you. You don't want that. So, obey God. Above all, obey the Lord. Holy Spirit, do what I cannot do. Minister to them. In Jesus' name, amen.
Green. 